Welcome. I am your host, Christine, and this is the Self-Esteem Truths Podcast, a podcast about discovering the truth about who we are, why we struggle, and how we can overcome. This podcast is designed to help you transform your life as we dive weekly into new questions about self-esteem truths. Hi, I'm Christine, and this is episode 68. Today, we're going to talk about what's on your mind and how that is impacting your self-esteem and your ability to heal and strengthen your self-esteem. I'm going to give you an example. You show up to work two minutes late and your boss notices and has to say something. One client one time gets upset with you, your boss notices, they have to say something. One deal doesn't go through, your boss notices, they have to say something. They're constantly on your case. It's time for your review, and they tell you what a terrible job you're doing and how really they're not even sure they want to keep you with the company. Maybe what your boss missed was that every other day you were on time, and the biggest deals this company has ever done were your deals. And most of the clients that keep coming back, come back because they like how you work with them. But your boss isn't focused on that. Your boss is focused on what you're doing wrong. And that's all that your boss can see. Now we can take this example and put it into any other situation. You and your partner, you and your parents. It's really exhausting to have somebody in your life that can only see the negative, that somehow seems to miss all the things that you do right and all the things that you do well and seems to be so silent when there's something that you've done that's worth celebrating. But when something is wrong, or off, or a mistake happens, boy, do you hear about it. They notice that. This is exhausting, right? If you've ever been in this situation with somebody, you know exactly how demoralizing this is, how frustrating it is, how it could even kill your desire to want to put any effort in, because why bother? They don't even notice. Now I want you to consider something. Are you being that person to yourself? Are you the person or one of the people in your life that only seems to notice when you mess up, when you're not perfect, when something goes wrong? Are you that voice telling yourself how badly you messed up, what a loser you are, how embarrassing you are, how you failed, how you're a failure, how you're stupid? how this is proof why nobody likes you or wants you? Are you doing this to yourself? As we just established with our example, it's really hard to be motivated to do anything well or feel good about ourselves if somebody is doing this to us. And it's easy to see how messed up it is if it's a boss or a parent or a spouse. And right now, I want you to just take a moment and consider That if you're doing this to yourself, if this is what you're hearing inside your own head, you are making it really difficult for you to feel like doing anything better. Your self-esteem cannot grow in this environment. A marriage would not be able to healthily withstand one or both of the spouses treating the other one like this. You cannot have a healthy work environment if a boss or manager or CEO is treating the employees this way. A child cannot grow up and thrive if they are being treated this way. Even the relationship between a pet and an owner will be significantly hurt if the owner is constantly treating the pet this way. 
This is never a way to motivate somebody or help them improve or encourage them to do better. It doesn't work. If this worked, then we would all love our childhood bullies, right? They would have been the best thing that ever happened to us if this style of interacting with somebody was actually a successful and productive way to help somebody improve themselves. Well, I don't know about you, but I certainly did not feel moved to improve myself after interacting with my childhood bully. So if we know that this doesn't work, if we know that this is not a way towards empowerment and self-improvement and reaching a better place in our life, then why, why, why do we do this to ourselves and expect better of ourselves? Why bully yourself, berate yourself, put yourself down, insult yourself, and then be disappointed or surprised when your self-esteem is in a really low place? You see, it's very, very important that we are mindful of what our mind is full of. I'm going to say that one more time. It's very important that we are mindful of what our mind is full of. One of the first questions I always ask my clients whenever we meet is what is going well? The reason I always start with this question is because when you are struggling with self-esteem, it is very likely that you are not registering what you're doing well. You're not making a mental note of it or celebrating it, or even aware that you've done anything well. I love it when my clients start to answer this question and realize that they have some legitimate celebrations in their week because they did do some things well. Whatever your mind is full of is what you're going to repeat, it is what you are going to believe, it is what is going to dictate your next set of choices and actions. And if The next choices and actions that you make are based on the belief you have about yourself because of how you're talking to yourself. You're probably going to stay exactly where you are, which may very likely feel like you're stuck and depressed and struggling with anxiety and feeling like you're not actually fulfilling your purpose and feeling like you can't even fulfill your purpose for whatever reasons you're giving yourself right now. But what if that could all be different? Being mindful of what your mind is full of can make a world of difference. Let's go back to that boss. What if they commented on the times that you showed up on time and that one time you were two minutes late, they let it go? What if every time you closed a big deal, they celebrated you and that one time that it didn't work out, they let it go? What if when the clients keep coming back because of the way that you work with them, they promoted you? And that one client that complained, they realized that that was probably something that that person was dealing with and had nothing to do with you. How motivated would you be to continue showing up on time? How empowered would you feel to keep closing those big deals? How inspired would you be to keep making big money for this company? I've used the analogy before of skiing. If you focus on the trees, you run into the trees. If you focus on the path, you stay on the path. And that same rule applies here. It's the same principle. What you focus on gets your attention and determines your results. So the big question is, how do we do this differently, right? How do you go from being the negative voice in your head, 
that's constantly berating yourself, putting yourself down, pointing out your flaws, pointing out why you can't be the one that succeeds and you can't be the one that takes this next big step and shift that to a voice that empowers you and believes in you and motivates you. The first thing I want to encourage you to consider trying is talking back. That voice in your head isn't your original voice. That's not your true voice. That's coming from somewhere else. Past experiences, childhood, somebody else put those thoughts and ideas and beliefs about you into your head and you picked up where they left off. So I want you to argue with it. The next time you hear inside your own head, you can't do that. (laughs) You are not talented enough to do that. I want you to say, why not? Why not me? Why aren't I talented enough? I think I am. Argue back with it. When you can poke holes in its logic, it starts to fade away. The other thing that I want you to try doing is pointing out all the things that you're doing well. Celebrate everything that's going right, even the little things, even if it seems stupid and silly. For me, my biggest struggle in this area was that I had this idea that I was supposed to be perfect. I was supposed to be good at things. I was supposed to accomplish a lot. So even though on paper I looked like I was doing a lot of things really well, I wasn't giving myself any credit because I was supposed to. That was just normal. That was just what was expected. I could only celebrate what was above and beyond. And if perfect was the expectation, then nothing was above and beyond. And so nothing could be celebrated. So if you struggle with that like I did, it's really important that even if it makes you feel silly and stupid and embarrassed, that you give this a try. Celebrate the little stuff. Even if you have to start with celebrating that you got out of bed and you don't even really believe it. Do a little happy dance. Look at me, I got out of bed today. Even if it's just that you got in your car to leave for work at the right time or sat down at your computer at the right time to start your day. Even if you've done that every day for the entire year, celebrate it. Do a little happy wiggle. Give a little whoop whoop. Clap your hands. You make a healthy choice for breakfast or lunch or dinner. Celebrate it. You remember to smile. Celebrate it. You won't realize how much you are doing right until you take the time to notice what it is you're doing right. And you won't feel empowered to do more that is right and good and empowering and successful. You won't believe in your ability to do those things, to step out of your shell and become somebody that you so desperately want to be and also don't think it's possible for you. You can't be that person until you see who you already are and in that the possibility of who you can become. So what is your mind full of? Your faults? Your failures? Your shortcomings? All the people that can do it better than you? All of the things that make you a bad person and the wrong person to have the success and happiness and joy? Or are you ready for your mind to be full of all the things that you're doing well and all the things you're capable of and all the things that you've succeeded at in the past? If I asked you right now, to tell me about a time where you were successful. You were the winner. You were the one that did the thing worth celebrating. Does something come to mind that you'd forgotten about or downplayed in the past? 
Can you look back on your life and find examples of times that you were capable and were deserving and you were the one that did it right and got it right and found the answer? I have yet to meet with a single client that hasn't won in some way or another at least one thing. So if you're sitting here thinking, yeah, no, I don't have anything like that. I'm calling you out on it. Look deeper. Look deeper. What I'm challenging you with this week is to celebrate ridiculously, outrageously, unabashedly celebrate you. Anything that comes up from the past that you have not celebrated yet, celebrate it. Anything that you do moving forward worth celebrating, celebrate it. If you wait to only celebrate the big things, this is what's going to happen. It's going to feel awkward. It's going to make you uncomfortable. You're going to want to downplay it. You're not going to feel deserving of that celebration. And a part of you might want it and a part of you might be happy with it, but not all of you because you don't even know how to celebrate the little stuff yet. So practice celebrating the little stuff, the silly stuff, the simple stuff. And then when it's your turn to celebrate something big, you'll be able to do it with your whole self and it will feel incredible. So let me kick it off for you today. The things that we're celebrating. I am personally taking this moment to celebrate that you, just you, only you, I don't care about anybody else. I'm talking about you. You got out of bed. You turned on this podcast today. You are working on yourself. Those are all huge celebrations. Huge. Now, I'm not going to clap or whoop for you because I don't want to hurt your ears, but I'm celebrating right now that you did those. And I want you to celebrate that you did those. Pat yourself on the back, clap your hands, give yourself a thumbs up, celebrate. Now, If you gave your body sustenance today, if you ate, celebrate. If you showered, celebrate. If you brushed your teeth today, celebrate. If you got some fresh air today, celebrate. If you went to work, celebrate that you showed up today. If you are dealing with your children, celebrate that you showed up today. If you tidied up anything around your house, celebrate. If you checked your work emails, celebrate. If you paid a bill, celebrate. If you made a doctor's appointment, celebrate. And if you did anything that for you feels bigger than those, if you had a difficult conversation or put up a new important boundary in your life, if you asked for something that you wanted and didn't self-reject, if you put in for a promotion or applied for a better job, if you started to say no when you need to say no, celebrate treat yourself. Those are huge, massive steps. If you've done at least one of the challenges I've given you in this podcast, even if you haven't done them all, if you've done at least one and you did it well, celebrate. If you tried at least one and failed miserably, but at least you tried, celebrate. Start focusing on what you're doing well. Make your mind full of all of your successes and watch how that changes your life. Thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for doing this for you today. If you feel ready to do more for yourself and you want to work one-on-one with me, I would love to have that conversation with you, but I won't know that you want that until you reach out. So you have to message me. 
All of my information is in the show notes. The show notes is that paragraph of information underneath this podcast that you hit play on. Just scroll down and you'll find all of those words. Whatever you do next, do it for you and then celebrate it. I will talk to you next week. Bye.